0: He's right in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm gonna knock him Spark out. <laughs> Leaping right hand by the prince. Whoa. And off hard left.
1: You're very welcome along to this week's edition of Off the Brawl on Off the Ball on am I'm joined in the studio by Andy Lee and Roland Mullen is back and people might be wondering Ronan why I'm sitting in your seat but let's use a boxing analogy yeah. this is a tune up fight for you yeah. you're not back long you know, probably a bit of jet lag you've
2: missed a lot yeah. Jason,
3: can't Jason can't you
1: can't can't. I that, couldn't you believe did.
2: that <laughs> I'm delighted to hear it but uh, if you need a, if you need someone to carry the bucket on me yeah. I'm available be Offering their services now. Yeah, <laughs> or a media manager, I think they
3: could do that. Yeah, the manager, yeah. Any other? <coughs> not really great at cuts. Oh, no, we've kind of got everything covered now. We've got Rob McKeever, he's helping me out. We had him again in the yeah, corner for Patty, don't know if it's a good picture. Yeah, well, That yeah. was the only reason we did it
2: for the photograph. <laughs> it's all about it. stood there like this. I wanted to take a photograph. Still there for like three minutes people don't know that you were
1: just <laughs> hoping something <Couching> this <laughs> so you missed yeah so you've obviously I missed, you missed a lot the lot of news it seems yeah, like you've been
3: gone
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah what else did you so you missed Paddy's debut Phil did a good job in when Yeah yeah. I always right. trust
3: Phil yeah save hands so, yes well, no steady, we did like, you know, no no little, we have to say it was like remiss of last week we did miss the uh, Caldi Clash Seven or eight in Belfast, we forgot yeah. to mention that. We ran out of time. Apologise to Dennis Morrison and Lennigan in there. Yeah. Um, but we were just we a bit pressed for time. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And I, I, I can't manage the time as well as you, Ron. It's a lot going on. But big win for Joe Fitzpatrick. An upset as well on the cards, I heard. So that was the same weekend. That, that was the Saturday night,
0: wasn't
2: it? Mm.
3: Same weekend as Paddy, so we kind yeah. of got... I was kind of blinded by Paddy.
2: Yeah, and so Andy for, it went from uh, I'm not training anybody to I'll, I'll, I'll train Paddy but just Paddy and now it's Jason Quigley as well so but when the, Golovkin picks up the phone is like Andy yeah. didn't do well in my last fight thing, I've
3: been wondering why he hasn't called <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no they're, they're working together really well they had him in the
3: gym this morning they've been working every day together and uh, That's great. picking up off each other and like Paddy will say something and even Paddy will say something or Jason will say something that Paddy does and yeah they're working they're going to spar tomorrow for the first time so
1: You know when you're watching fights now mm. because you're training are you watching them in a different perspective or I always paid attention does. to the corners yeah.
3: always did and what were they saying even in the camps and how they were training but I do I do watch a lot more training videos now yeah. to see what what kind of things people are doing
1: Rocky it's, Montage is always a good one
3: It's a great little video of um, Andrew Ruiz doing the, the paddles with um, Robles, uh, Robles uh, I just see it this morning it's doing the rounds on Whatsapp yeah, straining, straining yeah, fast. Snickers. he no, fast hands. He looks in good shape. He's man. getting looks in better shape. Yeah, he looks. He put up he's his kind idea. of getting. He was. This was his shape before. Now he's gone a bit like this. A little bit, just slightly.
1: Really you know what's going to happen if he loses? They'll say, Ah, you're better off the other way. Yeah. Like give the guy a Snickers, and he's a better fighter. That's what they'll say. Jared
3: McLennan had a Snickers after every win. The night before a fight, he had a Snickers every every night. They were probably marathon bars back then. Mm. I think I think Paddy had a Snickers too because. Like I said, now, you've made the weight. You know, it was a big thing for him to make 67, 67 kilos, which he'd been 69 for all these amateurs. And I said, listen, the battle's not, this is not the victory. This is not the fight. This is only the first first victory. Mm. So don't let off now. Keep focused. And then when I came to his room the next morning, I saw some sweet rappers. <laughs> and outside his door no the hotel, it was a vending machine right outside uh, his room. So I just said, look. I was confident he was going to make weight
1: because the day he was in here, someone made a coffee for him and they asked uh, milk and sugar and he said just sugar and I remember just Andy was standing close by I was thinking is that all right like coach <laughs> but uh, if he's taken if he was taking a little bit of sugar in his coffee I was thinking he's, he's obviously confident he's, he's only
3: 69 kilos now yeah. even after that too he's only put on four pounds so uh,
2: what happens in sparring so you as the coach of both is it like an open session or are you giving them have. instructions that they're not allowed to do certain things or are you looking no to they're going to have free limits? sparring free sparring yeah and
3: I'll correct any mistakes I see um, but this will be it'll be a nice little test for the two of them because the first time sparring and is always trying to establish not the dominance but who's the dog in, you know who's the main man in the gym <laughs> and so far there's been like a friendly respect between the two of them but We'll see how it goes now. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. So,
2: let's see. I'll give you a full report next
3: week. Let's get on to the boxing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about that Ritson win.
2: Yeah. We talked about Fury a couple of months ago, Andy, clearly a fan of Off the Brawl because he listened mm. to your tactics, but how long have we been telling Lewis Ritson to vary that jab up a little bit and box a little bit more? And he finally did it. And again, I think he feared the opponent a little bit more. Robbie Davis, obviously, probably more esteemed than the Lewis Ritson in the grand scheme of things. And... He knew he had to be tuned in to win this fight and he wasn't gonna just bowl through him. And even though there were like a couple of occasions where he thought he might have just had him on power, um, he knew he was in there for thirty six minutes and he boxed accordingly. I thought it was really impressive. As good as he was as a lightweight, he's obviously lost those benefits now up up the up to five pounds. But that, was, was that career best, do you think?
3: Yeah. And I think he's tailored, he's 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 game you know he's tailored the way he fights because he can't be that dominant like physically dominant person because he's up a weight now Mm. probably at his natural weight because there wasn't a big huge difference between the two of them was he I thought No. not looking at the two of them you know Um, and Davis Jr. struggles to make the weight so they looked equal in size for for the most part Um, so now he can't be walking you down taking your shot whatever you have and, and giving you like knowing that no one can stand up to his power because he's not that big anymore. So he had to actually box a bit. He was he was very... very uh, one thing about in the fight, he was very sharp. Like, his instincts were so sharp and that he was kind of throwing punches without thinking about it and they would land it. You know, like, he'd always had the answer to, to come back, whatever Davis Jr. did. He counted well, like, in terms of... He responded all the time and, yeah, definitely, a, well, a great fight by, by both men. Mm. I think Davis Jr. would... Probably be regretting not moving a bit more and trying. I think he was so determined to come and match Ritson. Yeah. What do you think? Come especially match him and stand with him, you know. And um, especially being in Newcastle as well, that he wanted to like get his respect early on. But I think had he taken a bit more of a cuter approach, been a bit more slippier and slick as he has been before, he might have been a more successful. Like I don't want to go as far as to say he might have won the fight, but he might have. You know. You mentioned Newcastle, and you know there's pressure on
1: Ritson because mm. of what happened against Patera. That's like the atmosphere is electric, and they're talking St James's Park. Yeah. If um, if he gets a world title shot, now we'll get on to that the, the the unification about this weekend in a bit. But yeah, would he, like, I the, think the pressure's gone, gone now because fights, I think, yeah,
3: oh for that levels, yeah. yeah. But I think the pressure's gone now because he has that loss in that situation. He probably has so much regret and, you know, um, he probably thought about that night every night since, you know. So he's probably relishing getting back in there and in that type of crowd, that type of environment and and now he's done his self-justice, you know. So I think he's kind of got over that.
1: I remember when we talked after that fight and he lost and he said about the weight and, you know, one thing that can happen sometimes with fighters is they blame it on the weight but it looks like Mm. that could have been an issue and if it took that loss to get him to change and
3: move up weight then some people I'm not sure this is written, like some people kill themselves to make that weight because they lack confidence in their, their technique you know and that they seek an advantage any way they can and if they can be bigger by killing themselves and sacrificing and and, and like and, and some, some to their detriment that they don't perform well but like he looks like he's at his natural weight now you know I still see, I see a lot of technical flaws there in terms of, you mentioned, the jab, Howie jabs, in terms of being so heavy mm-hmm. and heavy-footed and um, really exposed, but Davis Jr. couldn't counter him. And when he did counter him, Richard came back at him, you know, so... Uh,
2: like, that jab you mentioned, like, it was so infuriating in the Patera fight and the fights, even the quote unquote chin up fights that came after he was just loading up on that jab as a power punch at least he was sort of varying the speed of it a little bit through a couple of double jabs like he was keeping Davis guessing to some extent and no it's a good point like against Patera he was this irrepressible force at lightweight and the fact that the Newcastle Arena wasn't even sold out for that fight they just thought it was taken as red that he was going to win and in this fight, he knew it wasn't the case. Like this was a fifty-fifty. A lot of people, you're always going to pick the boxer over the puncher. A lot of people picked Davis Jr. to win this fight. And Eddie Hearn actually made a good point. Like promoters, promoters speak, but I thought it was a good point that to win the fight, um, Ritson was going to have to box a bit, mm. and Davis is going to have to punch a bit. To like, they're going to have to do what the other does as well. You know, they're going to have to fight the other person's fight at some stage. And Ritson was just better equipped to do it. I thought. Davis Junior. As good as it was for the fans to see him get into the pocket and stay there, it was to his own detriment. Really, he should have been on his toes, and he could have he could have nicked it in the end.
1: So, it goes to the judges' scorecards, and you know, the reading out the scores. And then Ritson has this weird reaction where he almost yeah. thinks he's
3: lost. It's, that was really strange, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was like didn't, get, someb- didn't hear an explanation for that.
1: Yeah, it was almost as like if somebody said to him, "I think you've lost," yeah. and it just the the reaction kicked in. But he won by. Four, four, and five. Was that too wide? Do you think?
3: I mean, a no. win is a win. No, I don't think it was. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if it was too. Like with those rounds, he might have had four rounds, four rounds, but he might have just scraped those four rounds. We've seen it recently yeah. a lot yeah. with close fights. Like yeah. we've seen it a lot recently with close fights where they might have a wide scorecards, but in, t- in reality, those those yeah. each round was was contested very.
1: That's it. I think people when they look at these yeah. judges' scorecards, they see the wide gap and they think you know it, it represents a comfortable win but it certainly wasn't the fight beforehand are you do you want anything else to say on Lewis Ritson Ronan
2: no just I totally agree oh, the hail the king's what, back. Both, what both What you said about the, it actually it's so annoying when you see people on Twitter who've been watching boxing for 40 years saying the scorecards are a bit iffy it's like you have to give the round to somebody I hate drawing rounds you're you're getting paid to do a job and judge who won the round, pick who won the a round. round, round, the round. Yeah. So if it's 51% for one guy, 49% for the other guy, he's getting a point for that round, yeah. and those those add up. Like I don't get it. Like yeah, I think pe- like some people just look
1: at it and they think it's almost like you get to the end of the fight and then you decide right now I'll do my scoring, but that's not how it works.
2: Exactly, that's it. And you mentioned and we'll get on to the, the fight this weekend, but he's not ready for a world title f- challenge whatsoever. Like that talk of that for St James's Park next summer, that's so premature. He needs two or three more fights at least. He needs to build on this. Yeah. Like go to America, fight someone over there. You know, get some more experience, and then come back the summer after. Yeah, you definitely go, wouldn't you? I'll, be there. I'll be there. Don't get, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Well,
3: go to America. Like, what, where's the next on your bucket list? Like, and we'll send Richard over there.
2: I don't know. Go, uh, go, to, go to California. He can yeah. fight on one of Jason <laughs>
3: Quigley's guards. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the fight beforehand. Scott Fitzgerald, Ted Cheeseman. Now, I found this... Another one of my favourite fighters, by the
2: way. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah,
1: and what a year he's had. He's just taken out Ted Cheeseman. He obviously beat Fowler. And it's bizarre where, okay, we have a fair idea of the way Cheeseman fights. so he didn't fight that way on Saturday. And it seemed to throw a lot of people off. And I found watching it... Now, I think since we started doing the podcast, Andy, you've been, like, kind of suggesting if you really want to get a good representation of a fight, turn the sound off. Mm. Just watch it with your eyes. And you don't need your ears for it. But Sky commentary seemed to be giving rounds to Cheeseman, early doors, and the narrative then for the whole fight was, yeah, this is a brilliant boxing performance from Cheeseman. Now, it was he changed his tactics, fair yeah. play to him. But when you see what Cheeseman said after, right? So he put up a message on Twitter, so he said, train like a lunatic, dedicate your life, make loads of sacrifices of politics, of business, take away from me what I deserve. Everyone knows who the real winner of the fight was tonight. Box class, everyone doubted me before, proved you all wrong, and then get scammed. He wasn't scammed at all. But even Eddie Hearn said,
3: Ted put on a clinic for nine rounds. Mm. I don't know, yeah. Again, this was an even fight. You know, it was an even fight. Some of those early rounds could swing either way. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Like I don't. I, I know everybody involved in this thing in terms of <laughs> <the> commentary. <laughs> you gotta choose You're your words. Of, no, yeah. you can't. It's dangerous when you get when you go down a certain path in the commentary that you can become invested in that, and it's very hard to change tack yeah, then yeah. when you get into that yeah. kind of mode of looking at it from one, one side or one angle, one like one side of the fight. But even at that, I thought those early rounds I didn't see it being so wide for, for Cheeseman. You know, I thought like there were times, like I don't like, it, it seems to be critical of commentators. They're they're here, the fight's there up above them, they're seeing a different thing than you, that once on TV, but, uh, but the real, like it's not the one, there's, there's not the angle from the TV that actually matters. It's the one that's been seen from down here sure, looking yeah. up, you know, because they're the ones who are scoring it, um, the officials. But um, there is an also another issue where it's like a fight like that which was pretty quiet because neither of them were hometown fighters. Yeah. It was a, it was a tactical fight. It wasn't like a bounce thumps So the crowd couldn't invest. They can hear the voices ringside and if they're hearing um, Macklin... Adam, Adam Smith and uh, Andy Clark because at one stage they go to the scorecards and Andy Clark's got Cheeseman up three rounds, you know? And this was quite early in the fight. Um, that's registering, you know, and um, I thought it was a good fight though. It was still a good fight. Don't, yeah. I don't think to take just it in case
1: Cheeseman's tactics were to move and just seemed like he ran out of steam at the end because as well as he did to adjust his tactics it was something that just caught up in him I
3: just felt watching it that Fitzgerald finished the stronger and Fitzgerald's a good little, good little fighter yeah. like he's, but he's, he's he's obviously he's not i do not sure how far he can go but in terms of Britain he's definitely the best 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 of the way probably
2: yeah but like Ted Cheeseman just back to the point we were saying about the, the judges getting paid to do a job like they can't take reputation into consideration at all just because Ted's fighting a different way than he normally fights. You yeah. can't just give him bonus points for that. Like it's uh, you have to call the round as you see it. And it was very close. If Cheeseman had not got it, I wouldn't have complained. I thought Fitzgerald might have nicked it. So it was you can't call a fight a robbery when it's that close, you know, e- either yeah. way. And but it does bode well for Cheeseman, I think, because um we might get on to Patrick Day at some point, but I remember the Sergio Garcia fight against Ted Cheeseman. It's one of the most worrying fights I've seen in, in the last couple of years where he's just getting clean shots constantly to the head and his head's just flying back at European level. And I thought this guy, if he's gonna fight like this for the rest of his career, he's got he's got no chance he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. But like it's just showed that he can change his tactics and if he can blend what made him what got him to this point with what he did last weekend, you know, it, it bodes well for him and that's a it's a stacked division domestically. Yeah. And well, they're Ante- Ante- obviously
1: watching and it just seems like, you know, even listening to Eddie Hearn, I know a few people have said, like, Scott Fitzgerald's Preston lad could put on, like, they reckon he could do at the football ground in Preston, Deepdale. I don't know how true that is, but it just seemed like it was... The, the, the story around it was they want the Cheeseman to win. Mm. The Cheeseman then fights Fowler. They'd probably fancy Fowler to be Cheeseman, and then you get your Fowler and... Fitzgerald part two, but Feder goes in
2: as the champion. Yeah, if I was if I was Fitzgerald, just from his point of view, I'd go full George Groves here and just not give uh, Feder the rematch. He hasn't he hasn't earned it yet, and not it doesn't benefit Fitzgerald in any way, really, apart from financially. And having won the British title, he should be looking at a European title. Yeah, and if he wins that, you know the, the natural progression. Why go back? Like he beat Fowler conclusively. This wasn't like a, a lucky punch or he, he caught Fowler on the hop. He outboxed him, knocked him down, clear winner. So until Fowler gets himself back into that position, I don't think he should just be giving him because he's the sky golden boy. You know, I think he has to go out there and beat someone. Like He beat Brian Rose by in very unconvincing fashion. Brian Rose who retired three years ago. So I don't know. I think Anthony Fowler needs to like do something before he starts uh, getting these big paydays again. So that was Saturday night, Friday night, or
1: early Saturday morning. You had the light heavyweight unification bout, Piterbeev and Voschik. What you make of it just? I thought he stopped in
2: the, the tenth round. Yeah, Andrew Ward at the best line. I thought it was like Piterbeev looked like the bigger brother, like the older brother. So like they're very similar. Voschik probably more of a technician, but uh, he like he, Voschik was actually up on the cars at the time of yeah. the stoppage, but. You know, you get this feeling in the odd fight where someone's winning the rounds, but they're not winning the fight. So, like, you remember Kovalev against Andre Ward, where Kovalev was winning the early rounds, but Ward was hurting him to the body. You could see it, you could see him wilting. And the narrative of the fight was just turning and turning. And then at the back end of the fight, like, that was clearly the tactics from Petarev. And, uh, like, what an impressive fighter. He's vaulted right into, like, pen for pen conversation. Like, what a win. And you mentioned, uh, uh, corner work and Teddy Atlas who I love as a, as a broadcaster but the round before uh, Vosic got stopped he's saying he's basically saying come on be a man or you know it, it'll come back to you your body's going to come back to you is that what you want in the corner when the world title's <laughs> on the line and you need specific instructions of how, I'm ahead on the cards how do I navigate my way to the final battle here and I'm going to nick it on the cards not be a man or we're firefighters or whatever the nonsense he, you know, he comes out with Mm. I don't know from your perspective Is that of any use to you in that situation
3: no. like if you don't want your masculinity being questioned <laughs> when you're in the ring I don't know you know <coughs> sometimes they know the camera like some people they know the cameras on them they want to make it about them don't they
1: Almost, yeah, you're kind of thinking it's going down the the Hollywood route, like you know. Some this, people
3: will respond to that. Right. You know,
1: I Does think, I think speaking some, their
2: third
3: or fourth language.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. That's that, what I'm like. saying.
3: Tim Bradley, he can get the firefighter analogy, but somebody like Grachev from, you know, again, yeah, it's gone probably going through an t- interpreter. Mm-hmm. Interpreter, like I don't know.
2: Well, it I did feel like it was going one way at that point. Anyway, like it was kind of unassailable. Paterbiev's, uh but I remember when he first came onto the scene and there was talk of him against Kovalev, and they just kind of passed like ships in the night in the end. But like Canelo's obviously fighting Kovalev in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be a, a one and done. In Like, he's if he, sta- if he stays around that division, he, he hasn't got much chance because these guys are on another level physically. And Canelo, you're talking about?
1: Canelo. Well, you th- and Kovalev. But well, we kind of feel that Canelo's going to be Kovalev. So the two lads fighting last. Friday Peterviev, Vostik Vostik will get another world title shot does he maybe get Kovalev if he comes back after Bivol Bivol, Bivol. The yeah. he's the man. man that's the fight but is that not for Paterbiev yeah I'm talking about Vostik what does he do it's, does He yeah. gets Kovalev
3: 1.5 million, <laughs> 1. 5 million goes back to Ukraine <laughs> mm. it's tough <laughs> like
2: <laughs> you know, those fights are going to they're going to fight each other for years mm. to come I think they're both in that age profile and Bivol sort of He's flattered to deceive a little bit like he was on the cusp of great things a few years ago now and he hasn't really kicked on granted he used the titles to, to back it up but I don't know I think he needs a statement win like that if he fought Paterbiev and did a job on him that would be that'd be a huge statement
1: Yeah and anyone else that can challenge like we've talked about some of the, the British fighters that want to make their mark in that heavyweight
2: division but just shows how far that fight shows how far off the mark those guys are, and that's not a criticism. Yeah, it's just they're not ready. Like they they haven't fought that caliber of opposition. When you see these guys like
3: Beterbiev, be Muval, it's hard to get interested in them. You know, if they're f- going to fight each other, they need somebody on the other side. If they're the A side or the B side, they need some like Canelo Kovalev Kovalev is different because he was the first. There's a different kind of be cleverly. He's like he's been around for. Fort Ward, so there is a different. People know him; he's a household name in terms of boxing. But these other guys, they need to do a bit more in terms of their profile. I think, you know, do you? I don't know. Yeah, it you have you have you you and Golovkin. Yeah, and for the rest of the Eastern European guys coming over, they need to do something else. I think to get like to have they need to be devastating in the ring, very exciting in the ring, or they need to be, you know. Dominating uh, or, or have some sort of personality or something. you know? Yeah, well, none of those guys seem to have that.
1: Like we talked about it. You were obviously at the Lomachenko and Campbell fight, that if it wasn't Campbell that Lomachenko was fighting, he'd still sell that arena out. Mm-hmm. Usyk obviously has the... People know about him because of the Belly fight. Plus, they, they would have known about him anyway from winning all the, the cruiserweight belts. But, yeah, apart from those two, like it seems... The way, especially the way British boxing is at the moment and some of the cards that they're getting that if you're an Eastern European fighter maybe go to fight one of the, the British lads mm. and
3: they the all want to get, get in on the British market they all want the big payday and they all think it's like it's easy pickings over there you know it's like yeah, this
1: fight are. obviously was on in Philadelphia but we didn't hear that much about it no it didn't get picked up by sort of UK shame. broadcaster yeah, so like it was a Friday night as well, which is which is strange. We don't really we're not used to that. So what about this weekend then?
2: Like off the back of last weekend another unification, two undefeated fighters, like we're being spoiled at the moment and this is a legitimate fifty fifty. I'm really not sure. Like we've seen a lot more of Josh Taylor over the years just being this side of the water but and he's got that special stuff, you can see it in him and he's been destined for great things from the get go. But Progre similarly like, you just look back to his record, his past from, on a personal level, like yeah, a remarkable story. Yeah. And it's just, it's just all the makings of, a, of an unbelievable fight. And I just don't know. I, don't, I can't really call it. I think it's a, it's a pure 50-50. Mm. I think Progre probably a little bit more to we his have, game. We have a
3: tendency to lean towards Taelic, we're used to seeing it. Exactly. Him, yeah. You know, but um, yeah, there's a certainly a, snick, a, small, a slickness to Progre's uh, fighting style um, he probably will be the smaller man in there and Josh Taylor will, will walk you down and box book him, can walk you down too mm. but again this is, could be it could be like every week we're looking at is this fight of the year is this fight of the year but in town, like, even with a shout it could be because of how, the, the two champions. Yeah. They're, ch- they're both champions in their own right, like fighting each other, and it's very, that's rare. It might be title holders, but these guys are
2: champions. I think it's it's going to be a high level boxing match. Yeah, like it's. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. It's going to be a difficult um, sell for Sky Sports box office. Like people aren't that familiar with Josh Taylor yet. People aren't familiar at all with Regis Progre. Uh, it's probably actually going to be the Desire Price fight that's going to sell that to the. Is
1: that put on box office before Parker?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so it was. Like it is a very strong card, but it's yeah. a trade card, you know? Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think Taylor showed something to me in the last fight where, against a very physical guy in Brancic, he stood in there and almost broke his will by. Brancic came over thinking, I'm going to dominate this guy physically, and Taylor stood in there for the first six rounds and out- outmanned him almost, and then boxed him and got the win so I think he showed something to Progre who was ringside for that fight you might remember, Progre likes it in the inside and likes to impose his will as well and Taylor was basically saying to him, you know, I can, I can mix it like that as well and there is a little bit of spite in this which, which I like a lot, it's like a, they respect each other an awful lot which sort of, uh, the kind of accentuates a little bit where they both think they're just a, a level above the other, so it's, it's this friendly rivalry which has grown into actually a, a proper rivalry so it bodes well it's going to be a cracker
3: yeah,
1: you mentioned Chisora. Obviously, Chisora and Price. We know what David Price. If he hits you, like he can cause you. This trouble. is
3: one we can do a predictions for. Yeah, we get the prediction chart up. Price um, on Chisora Price. Chisora,
1: Price uh, Chisora wins after seven rounds.
2: I think Price I decided Price just go away with no them. I think Price this morning
3: oh <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know I've, this morning I decided Price I think Price could do it I think Price could actually do it yeah. uh, but they, Dave Allen and Chisar are t- different animals yeah you know Chisar's look like rejuvenated hasn't he yeah I saw him on his farm yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's
1: better as well I think you know Price is alive in. if
3: Price is anything like if Price is anything like five to one underdog on he's worth a bet
2: it's always, it always yeah. gets thrown out that he can knock out anyone in the division yeah, and that once upon a time was a fact but has he still got that big power he can hurt you but he hurt
1: Paveca he hurt Paveca like Pavec, but he didn't mm. put him away
3: yeah Cesar is, is going to be really is he's old
1: though. he's getting older yeah but he's I think he still thinks that okay apart from the fact that the Parker fight was I, called, I don't know, I don't know. So he, want, he, he thought like I should be on the on the main main mm. act here now, I don't think he can really say that now that he's fighting David Price, but he'd still like to go in, put on a performance and basically
3: say... "Like, What yeah. does it mean if David Price wins? It's really like... I don't know. It's the cat saying the pigeons, stuff. doesn't it? Like if, what does it mean if he wins? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> beating, like, he's beaten uh, David Allen. Okay, yeah. take that, take that, yeah? Um, it's not quite going to be... It's confidence builder. but if he beats Jazar, then... Yeah.
1: What was Mike Costello's line when Ruiz beat Anthony a Hand grenade into the landscape. Yeah. it's not quite that quite that It's like a fun snap, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: it's uh, no, I don't, I don't know. The landscape's so, so weird at the moment because it seems that every fight has like Tyson Fury went to the WWE since I was away. But by all by all accounts, he's, uh, he's there on Friday in Philadelphia watching the mm, the light heavyweights as well. So Wilder Ortiz is happening, and you know whatever happens there. It's probably a bit more cut and dry than when the first fall. I think Ortiz has actually gone over the hill at this point. I think Wilder should take care of him. Um, so is it February they're talking about? for? are talking
3: fe- February 22nd. But a lot of is it's that right? Like, when's the Royal Rumble then? Will he be in for that? Or? He's, I don't know. He might get a call back, yeah. I mean, first, he's got to win, yeah. He's got a big fight in Saudi. Win the Royal Rumble, get the main event at WrestleMania, then hit, come back on SummerSlam...
2: I wonder does Fury think like, like a fighting man, but, like, this is so, this is easy money for me. Yeah. I'm a professional talker now at the moment. Yeah. I'm getting paid loads of money, and then acting roles will come off the back of this. It's like, Absolutely. do I need to get punched in the face of Otto Wallin. He said a few things, like, how how tough it is, actually, how hard
3: the surface is, and how, 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 like, strong they are, and athletic they are. Oh, yeah. Sure it is. He said, like, when I was bounding into the ropes, you know, into the, doing what, the, the, whew. What you the Irish whiff they call it. Yeah, yeah, Andy. yeah. <laughs> so we've the turned ourselves into a wrestling podcast here. You're saying like a banding the roast, like I had the cuts on my back and things. So it's not all easy for Tyson.
2: No, but I mean, <laughs> from <laughs> his point of view, like, is he <laughs> going to be, be asked to do any of that stuff? Really, he's probably What's just going go to you? talk a little bit trophy. I places. think
3: you would be surprised. But one thing he does a lot is wrestle. Oh, yeah. Him his brother. Have seen his brother Shane? For absolute like, beast they wrestle a lot yeah they have a huge time they wrestle
1: a lot Wilder he said come on let's have a body spark <laughs> and a bit of a wrestle <laughs> he wrestles <laughs> a lot I remember
2: game. wrestling uh, what's his name Hughie at the Klitschko press conference remember that yeah. so Fury yeah. could in dressed as Batman and then Hughie ran in <laughs> dressed as the Joker yeah. they would wrestle in front of the table and yeah. Klitschko was just staring at them like oh
1: how did we get on to that, by the way? Oh, Tyson Fury, heavyweight division. We'll have to talk about it.
2: What, what does a win on Saturday do for David Price? Higher
1: Price, that's the one, yeah. um he well, probably just fi- makes me look,
3: stupid. No, see, I you know. you
1: lads are going for Price, yeah? I don't, no, don't like,
3: expect Chesaro,
2: but I think Price is a dog, isn't he? Like you said. I just think he's going to walk him onto something. I just, My question was, does he have the power to hurt him? interesting side put note put is down, that... Could put
3: um, him down, yeah yeah and an interesting note is that Chasare has no trainer for this fight that he's apparently gonna corner himself <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be that'll be fun that's classic david yeah Cesaro. could that could probably be the first time it's ever been done
1: so has he got he's got somebody to take his suit out though yeah
3: I don't know standing
1: in the corner
2: david Hill will be there with his long coat on he should he should just step up and do the corner yeah. how he gets on
1: yeah so that's uh, that's one of the other fights on Ricky burns he's Selby's on that as well that's uh 12 rounder, that's crossroads,
3: crossroads.
1: Yeah, it's you're kind of looking at that fight, and it's one if you if you win, kind of reminds people, but if you lose,
2: Mm. is that that a lightweight? Yeah, Mm. because like Lee Selby probably is a little bit more left in the tank, but he's just a significantly smaller guy, so I don't know, it's an interesting fight. It's it's it's
3: needs to rejuvenate and get things going again. He missed the boat big time probably made plenty of money probably quite comfortable he just showed that he's hungry now
2: he had, a, he had a great win on the i think it was Kelbrick against Frankie Gavin he fought on that card won his world title and mm. after that he signed with Al Heyman which it's great like you get paid loads of money up front James Degale actually did the same thing but you kind of lose relevance in the british market and in the long term that's probably where the money is so i don't i wonder if he had his time back over Lee Selby like Irrepressible talent and his brother, is similarly, very, very yeah. talented lad. But they've kind of been out of sight and out of mind a little bit.
1: Another one, I know we touched on it when uh, Jason Quigley was in. Gabu and Lawrence O'Coley, that's on as well. That's uh, for the European cruiserweight title. Yeah, I don't
3: know much about the Gabu, but Jason gives him a good chance. Yeah. They're trying to get it, so he's quick and strong. Coley's not been this kind of. Not been. Oh, think he's he's been making still, still a work in progress. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, still a work in progress. He's been
2: making big improvements under Mcguigan. Mm. You, you saw it in between the two fights, like just huge improvements compared to the guy he had previously. Um, I think this is a good time if he's going to be upset. now is the time because he's such an awkward style to fight. When he starts putting some technique behind that, he's going to be a very tough out for anybody. So this is a good chance for Gabby to, the, the odds suggested as well, the odds, you normally look at a odds and he's like 25 going on, yeah. the bookies have a quite close or relative to that at least, so, should be a good fight, it's a very good card.
1: Yeah, also fighting at the weekend, Shakur Stevenson for a world title, kind of <laughs> took this last week with, when we were talking about Michael Conlan and, and Carl mm. Frampton and Shakur Stevenson, so.
3: It's early, but. It's one we'll watch with interest, isn't yeah. it? Just because to see how he fights and also Who who, we, who we might match up against in the future?
2: 13 fight, I think. Yeah. And it's it's obviously very early, but when you're that kind of talent, like Jeronimo Davis against Pedraza, everyone's like that's very early, but he conclusively won. And then going back to Mayweather, even like against Hernandez, again it was so early. But when you're that talented, there's no point holding them back. It's actually to their detriment if you if you hold them back and if they spin their wheels a bit, like let them progress, see where they're at, and like in this day and age of boxing a loss is in the end of the world we know how good Stevenson is he's going to be a serial world champion win or lose this weekend so throw him in and see if he's ready top rank um, you know they really test their guys hard they match them hard and you're, you're going to know all about it Andy when uh, Paddy's going to be fighting for a world title I knew isn't? about
3: it myself in my first fight at first. they put me in a guy called Carl Cockaham he gave me life and death for six rounds but uh, yeah well Paddy as again like you said talent and Paddy if he's good enough, he'll be. He'll be ready.
2: Mm. It's exciting times in the in the Andy Lee stable.
3: Absolutely. Uh,
1: another thing you said when you came back into the office, you said the the Colin McKeaton thing
2: caught you off. Mm. No, you didn't really see that coming. Because yeah, just speaking to Michael before the the last fight, he, I like, asked him a couple of times, "Is this the end of the Keaton thing?" And he was very matter of fact that like that's I'm over it. You know, it's it's a narrative thing. I'm a career fighter, I know I want to progress and this is a step back and it is a step back. Even as compared to his last opponent who was, in my opinion, a better fighter than Nikitin, and that wasn't a competitive fight at all really. So I don't know what... It's obviously a marketing thing from Top okay. Rank's perspective mm, absolutely. and they, ne- on, they, they need to get some news out of Nikitin. They, they only signed him for this reason so yeah. <laughs> let's just throw him to the Wolves now. and that'll um, uh, Obviously,
1: since we did the last podcast with the <clears> horrible <throat> news, of Patrick Day... Another boxer losing their life in the ring and I, I always find Andy when a boxer dies, like it seems to be a time to kind of press the reset button. People want to say, you know, what can we do to, to make the sport safer? Mm. Um, like at the very top level, I'm sure there's enough practices in place to try and make it as safe as possible. Like this fight was at a decent level where all the right checks were in place.
3: Uh, yeah, and like, if people are gonna like, we all agree to this, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like sometimes you just can't avoid it, you know. It's Formula One racing or whatever it may be, you're driving a fast car, you're gonna go into a ring or take punches, and, take punches and give punches in the head. There's gonna be consequences, and like you, you can find ways of changing the sport to to make it safer. Like, but, are we talking like things like gloves? Yeah, making bigger gloves, making it a one knockdown, making a longer rest in ten seconds after a knockdown <clears throat> to truly evaluate a fighter. Maybe a two knockdown rule where some places have a three knockdown. But if you do all these things, you probably will kill the sport. You know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying yes or no to either. Either way, there definitely can be ways to improve the sport in terms of safety. Um, but the human brain hasn't changed you know And in, but in people are getting stronger and faster and I, I think I, I hope like, it seems to be occurring a lot doesn't it mm-hmm. this year I think it's four since July July
2: yeah, yeah. This, this is the first American since 2006 so yeah, because okay. of that it's taken a lot of more mainstream mm-hmm. pages than it did with my mm-hmm. I haven't
3: watched like out of principle like, oh. I haven't watched a fight and I've stayed away from some of the interviews he did before the fight, Patrick Day. Mm. But what can you say, you know, just... There's, just, no, yeah, there's yeah. nothing you can say, it's just tragic. and But he, and I'm sure he would have, in every other fight, that go, we go in knowing the risk. And you accept it, um, and you take it anyway.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, you know... People will talk about, like you mentioned, brain, and you can go for scans and all that. And as I say, that's all that's all well and good at the very top level where fighters have money behind them, where this is all part and parcel of it. But you know, if you've got lads fighting in small halls, mm. like a four rounder, you're effectively putting it on the onus is on them to if they if they don't feel right, like to do something about it. But some some people are fighting to change their life. Mm. They're thinking. I'm going to do whatever it takes and we've heard people say you know you would have to carry me out of the ring like because nobody's going to stop me from getting to where I want to get to like boxing is it's it's a brutal sport you know We but we see so many good things from it like people that have very little hope in life they turn to boxing changes their life and it, I mean we've talked about Progre and Taylor there's a prime example mm-hmm. he's coming over I've heard some of his interviews like if I wasn't a boxer like I wouldn't be in London fighting for a world title like you know he had the the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina and he's turned his life around so you know as you said boxers are they they know what they're getting themselves into it doesn't make it any easier when you when you see what happens Mm.
3: yeah I don't know there's not much you can say there's no like there's no full stop
2: at any point of it
3: it's tragic but that's the spot we're in you know that's the spot and thing we accept
2: Patrick Day like came from a blue collar family I think his, yeah. his dad was a doctor uh, so like didn't necessarily need to box yeah and he wanted to box he wanted to yeah. box and he was a prolific sparer as well and I think that kind of plays into it a bit more it's probably something that needs to be monitored like when people get stopped they get these 90 day suspensions from the commission but like what does that really mean like that, how how enforceable are those most commissions only have a couple of people working for them so do you know if you get stopped on Saturday you're just back in the gym the next week and you probably book your fight for like the ninety third day? Like like in theory the ninety day ban is of from all contact and it's just not enforced and it's probably not enforceable. It's very hard to police, yeah. Exactly. And then at the top level, like this is only it's only gonna change when it starts hurting people's pockets. And that's the sad reality of it. Yeah. So this happened on DeZone and DeZone talk about their billion dollars and much money they have to throw at this like it's going to hurt their image if people are literally losing their lives on their broadcasts you know people aren't going to tune in people aren't going to pay their subscriptions to watch that so it's up to them I think to actually say we want clean we want better drug testing you know for a start that's a separate issue and we want you know all our fighters to be to leave the ring in the same way relative to how they got into it so they need to take the the lead on this the promoters aren't going to do it we've seen it in the past in Britain, in the mid-90s, there was a, like a slate of tragedies and nothing changed really. Like There was a change in brain scans, but that was, that was it. It was marginal. we are going to have to throw money at it, and whether there's money to be thrown at it, you know, that, that's so
1: it. If there is going to be money thrown at it, it's only going to be at the very yeah. high level of boxing. I know we're going to be back next week because uh, we'll obviously be building up to... The, the Katie Taylor fight and uh is fighting on that card as well you're going to head over to it, aren't you
2: well I hope so I'm just uh, trying to plug back in I've.
1: how uh, many c- emails
2: did you have when you got back oh my god I haven't even got put on your out of work I did I've only gotten through about one tenth of my <laughs> email so hopefully there's something back there about Katie Taylor but um, no it, sh- it should be a great occasion and they've signed Cecilia Brightcast as well matchroom, so that's a that's a natural fight and it's one we've been sort of talking about as a, a dream like a fantasy matchup yeah. but it's very much like they're obviously looking at it now so that'd be that'd be unbelievable and i be Paddy Donovan have
3: we got a November 16th November 16th
2: Glasgow
1: Glasgow
3: and then Jason TDC for opponent no <coughs> uh, yeah he was supposed to fight Danny Mendoza who was for Jason Cully or Gary Cully on the card but he's since this morning pulled out ok doesn't want of that smoke <laughs> <laughs> is that what they say is that how they say it I don't know <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like it sounds right to me All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for tuning in to Off the Brawl. Back next week. Enjoy the fights, and we'll chat to you then.